0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sunday Crunch Time. Well, Lewis runs straight out and hits
1: it, straight through the middle, and they've got a star on their heads at Hawthorne.
2: Pissed away by Tommy
1: Jones. Ball goes out of play. Siren sounds. And it's the Hawks by 64 points. Undefeated.
0: Well, what a perfect start to Sam Mitchell's coaching career. He is two from two. The Hawks stunning last year's preliminary finalist, Port Adelaide, last night at Adelaide Oval. Have we underestimated the Hawks' young list? And are there alarm bells at Alberton as the power remained winless in 2022? Speaking of new coaches, Craig McRae has also had a perfect start at Collingwood. The Pies defeating the Crows by 42 points at the MCG. Not even a fire alarm could slow down Collingwood's brigade of young guns.
2: Side bottom bumps it up into the pocket. It took a bounce past a few. and still to be dealt with. Lipinski paddled it against the boundary for Henry. Oh, Henry! Dear Henry from the boundary has hooked a quite miraculous goal through.
0: And the pies are off and gone. Welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. Great to have your company wherever you are listening today. We are live from Marvel Stadium as we count down to the clash between North Melbourne and West Coast this afternoon. Nat Edwards and Josh Jenkins with you this morning. Liam Pickering to join us a little bit later on in the show. And, JJ, round one was incredible, but it's fair to say round two is matching it for storylines. What a weekend we've had so far.
1: Yes, good morning Nat. Good morning everyone listening. Yeah, the storylines have been the highlight this uh, so far this round and we've still got a handful we've still got three games to go including one here at Marvel <laughs> Stadium which I hope you've done your uh, homework because there's going to be a few guys running around wearing number 50, 51, 52 and 53 that we will have never seen before. So there's plenty happening and um, Nothing more so than what happened at the Adelaide Oval last night. I was uh, calling the Melbourne and Gold Coast game, which was a good game of footy, but had one eye uh, sort of catch the the scores, and you're sort of thinking, hang on, what's going on over there? And um, your Hawks, they were uh, sublime, but... Adelaide, the town, the city, will not be a pleasant place this week.
0: No, it will not. I think there are a few concerns at Port Adelaide. I mean, to be fair, they were undermanned, and we'll delve into all of that a little bit later on. But for Hawthorne, just a stunning start for Sam Mitchell. And not only Sam Mitchell, but Craig McRae and yes. Michael Voss, the three new coaches, all perfect starts so far to their coaching career. Yeah. It's a dream, isn't it? Six
1: and zip, those three. <laughs> they'll be thinking, how, how long has this been happening? I mean, Michael Voss has had a go at it before, but um, I think the the thing is with with all three squads, we can see a really distinct new game yeah. style with them. You know, Collingwood are playing a really a chaotic style, very Richmond esque, and and we're seeing. Uh, I think the Hawks, their ball use stood out last night. Sam Mitchell, one of the you know, one of the greatest exponents of right and left foot kicking and handballing, we're seeing some of that rub off. Now it's a lot to you know to extend his um his um the the fact that he's been there in charge for 6 or 8 yeah. months we can't just say that. Aut- automatically there are um all the players are better kicks but you can see them the, the desire the intention to play in a certain manner so um Yeah, those three new coaches will be pretty happy waking up on a Sunday morning.
0: And then, of course, we can't mention round two and what's happened without reflecting on Buddy Franklin. Mm. (laughs) I mean, Friday night was just something else. We'll probably never, ever see anything like it. Again, I was very jealous of everyone who ran out onto the SCJ. I wanted to be out there (laughs) with them. I did have some concerns, though, for Buddy. He handled it really, really well, but I reckon a couple of times Mm. on his face you could see some some concern and anxiety.
1: Yeah, I I. I must admit, I was a little bit concerned because, I mean, the sheer massive people and how much sort of force there would have been with bodies being pushed and and prodded. And I mean, I haven't actually heard uh, any negative stories coming out of it. I haven't heard of anyone getting injured or any, you know, fighting or anything like that. So and there were so many people out on the field. I genuinely didn't think, I thought they would have called the game. I genuinely didn't think that they would have played the I thought I mean, so too. 5.55 yeah. to go. The game was basically over. I'm pretty sure Chris Scott and the, and the Cats boys would have been saying, look, we, we, the game's over. We don't need to run back out there. Because there would have been, you know, the fitness staff would have been panicking, thinking, oh, we've been standing around for 30, 35 minutes and... Um, I mean, in the end, all's well that ends well. It was a great scene. There's some, been some amazing photos put up on, on the social platforms. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame we weren't there to, to uh, be a part of it. Um, and you are right. I don't know that it will ever happen again, unfortunately.
0: Oh, it was just crazy. Like, you're hearing stories come out of it now, people having picnics on the SCG. <laughs> there was a lady who scattered ashes in amongst really? all of it, wow. yes, um, which is, you know, very um... – <laughs> Interesting Interesting to say the least. You wouldn't want to cop some of that um, (laughs) if the wind blew um, that in your face. Um, But, yeah, it was just insane. And then Ollie Florin and Chad Warner ending up on the outside of the SCG and then trying to get back in. Um, It was all happening, but it it was brilliant. And I think, you know, when I reflect on Buddy Franklin, sometimes, I mean, 580 of his 1,000 goals Mm. were kicked, obviously, in the brown and gold, but – you sort of took it for granted as a Hawks fan, having Buddy and even Cyril Rioli mm. do what they did and, and you probably didn't appreciate it as, as much as um we should have as as Hawks fans.
1: Mm. Is he a I guess the premierships tell the story, but I was gonna say ask you whether he's a he's a Hawk or a Swan or he's genuinely he's genuinely both because he hasn't he hasn't tasted the ultimate success as a swan, but he's I mean, the move's been more than a success because yeah. of what he's done for the for the sport up there in Sydney. And I heard um, some uh, commentators speaking earlier in the week about Sydney have always needed that real, that superstar, that X factor. And he's provided that since he's gone up there for the seven or eight years, the best part of a decade. He's been in incredible. And the thing that not gets lost, but the thing that's still relevant, he kicked four goals the other night. Yeah. He's still... Whilst his body holds up, forget about the age and the contract and how much he's getting paid. He's still one of the best key forwards in the game. Yeah. It's that simple.
0: 100%. And, you know, the things that he does, they're still so freakish. I know that he, you know, it would have been nice if it was a snap for goal 1,000 (laughs) rather than, you know, a set shot. But he's still got it. He still has to take, you know, one of the best defenders going around. Um, And no doubt, I reckon he could go around next year.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Because... And you said it he attracts so much attention for one he still you know, he still definitely commands the number one defender each and every week, if not another there 's always focus on on Franklin and where he goes and who 's going to take him if he goes high who 's going to play on him if he, if, he's, if he stays close to goal and the thing the other night he was i mean I, I wish I was that could be that calm on the path to a thousand he didn 't look like missing. Yeah. No, and he's you know he's been an inaccurate kicker at different stages of his career. I think that's the thing that's um, been that has improved the most as he's gotten older. Is he's so reliable in front of goal? Yeah. You now he doesn't miss many yeah. at all that he should kick, and he kicks the still kicks the freaky. Um, but he, he's a really accurate shot for goal and. Um, yeah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't look like missing the other night.
0: No, and the best thing too about the Swans is they don't rely on him mm. either. Because Luke Parker five goals last week, Isaac Heaney doing some insane mm. things as well. I mean, this Swan side is it's brilliant and it's an exciting brand of footy to watch. I just love watching those young kids get about.
1: Yeah, they're a good. They're a good group of of, um, of young players. They're, in fact, they're, they're better than good. They're they're a really exciting and and they're a progressive group and. Uh, there's no ceiling on them. We've seen over the past few years that you know teams jump up and, and can do great things and make grand finals and win premierships. So uh, there's no ceiling on what they can do. They certainly wouldn't be putting a ceiling on themselves. They would still be definitely, I think from Monday to Friday, that club would still be a really um, academy... Um, Um, education-focused team. You know, look at some clubs and, you know, I spent my past couple of years at the Cats where a lot of older players and there's less meetings and there's less education because the guys are older and they're experienced and understand. Whereas Sydney is such a young group, even though a lot of those young guys are playing great footy, they'd still be, this is how we want to defend, this is the education, this is how you should prepare yourself and diets and all those sorts of things. So they're, you know, still learning the caper, but on Saturdays and Fridays they're going out there and, and beating really good teams um, on their merits.
0: The other game that happened yesterday, the Brisbane Lions beating Essendon by 22 points. The Lions two and. and Essendon unfortunately yet to win a game in 2022. is a tough ask because the Brisbane Lions, as we know, are going to certainly be a contender this season. Joe Danaher, the first time he's sort of played against Essendon in Mm. Melbourne, um, which is always something to, you know, get the popcorn out and see what happens. But uh, the Lions just getting the job done. I mean, the Bombers started on fire in that game, but just fell away again.
1: Yeah, well, the first quarter, Essendon were plus 14 contested possession, plus 10 clearances, amazingly plus 14 inside 50s in the first quarter. But from there on, it was all Brisbane Lions. So Brisbane won the scoreboard by 44 points uh, in quarters two, three and four. And I didn't see much of that game. I I got home and I saw the score and I thought, hello, what's going on here? The Bombers are up and about and the Lions are you know a little bit sleepy and... From the moment I got home, Brisbane just completely dominated. and it was a, it was a shared it was a shared. The thing about the lines that I've been query of is, is that ability for them to, to bring each other into the game yeah. and make the extra play. And yesterday, you know, Danaher, I thought had opportunities to swing onto that left and take shots from 55, but he was able to find the, the free teammate, and that's the thing that they were able to do yesterday that, that, that sort of um, uh, excited me the most. They made each other better. And they shared the load yesterday. They got, you know, multiple goals from um, McCluggage, kicked three, yes. bobbed up and kicked three, kicked straight. He's been one who's been, who's had his so hips inaccurate. in front of goals. Cameron, Neil, Bailey and Danaher all kicked two. And then they had... Singles from McCarthy, Rayner, Cockatoo and, and big Oscar McInerney. So they're sharing the load. They're yeah. not relying on Charlie to stand inside 50 one-on-one and kick four or five or Joe to take Speckies. They're getting that, but they're sharing the load. And, um, and a slow start, but in the end, they were pretty convincing winners over the Dons.
0: Yeah, and then Lockie Neal, I mean, 41 touches, 12 clearances, nine score um, uh, score involvements and two goals as well. I mean, he just tore the game apart mm. in that second half and he loves playing against the Bombers as well because I looked back and he's averaged 38 touches and kicked six goals in his past four games against the Bombers and yet they still don't know how mm. to stop him. Yeah,
1: they uh, refuse to or decide not to tag him and Nick Del Cerno did the game last night with with uh, with Dell, and he made a, a really good point about tagging and a lot of clubs say, oh, we we we, we trust our system and, and we trust our personnel to get the job done. But his point was, you don't get the right, you don't have the right to say that unless you are, you know, a Melbourne or a Richmond, because you, your system's not standing up yeah. because you're getting beaten. So, you know, Lockie Near was, it's never a, a one guy single-handedly changing the game, but it's as close to, mm. you know, like he's... Clearances and 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 effective possessions and first possession off the hands of the ruckman. So, I mean, last week it was Dangerfield who completely dominated Essendon. Yesterday it was Neil. Sure, the the, the Don's mids are getting you know Parish 35, Merritt 31, but ultimately it's not it's not enough. So one of those guys needs to to go and sacrifice you know 10 or 15 disposals of their own to go and quell someone else because we saw Callum Mills do it. Brilliant on Friday job. night completely shut Dangerfield out of the game and it has a massive impact in the outcome
0: of the game. Yeah, the behind the goals vision of that I was watching the round so far on AFL.com.au this morning. They've got mm. behind the goals yeah. vision as well of Callum Mills and, and how well he played. Danger, one eye on the ball, one eye on danger. Um, it was just a masterclass, really. It was what he did. It, it was brilliant. And then you got Christian Petrarca as well. We spoke about that, you know, last week. Should they tag mm. or, or not? And then, you know, Petrarca has a, a day out against the sons as well.
1: Yeah, he was uh, he was phenomenal last <laughs> night. His ability, has gone from a guy who probably couldn't get around the ground as, as well as he would have liked to a guy who just gets from contest to contest. He's got great burst. He's just got that belief in his body that no one can tackle me. Yeah. No one can tackle me. I'm going to fight through every tackle. There was one last night close to goal that uh, resulted in a goal assist. And you could certainly mount the case that It was holding the ball because the tackle went for three or four seconds, but no one could actually get control of him. He was fending guys off and he was shrugging them and they had their hands on him, but he yep. was in control the whole time and he eventually found a teammate who kicked a goal. He's just in rare air Christian Petrarca at the moment.
0: Oh, he's definitely got six Brownlow votes, I reckon, to his name. Patrick Cripps probably has six yes. Brownlow <laughs> <laughs> votes as well. So, I mean, honestly, it's between the two of them. You could you could uh, toss a coin there. I really like the game of Tuke Miller as well last night. I mean, I just think he's won. That if Gold Coast win enough games... He's my pick for the Brown, though. He
1: was he was brilliant last night. Seventeen disposals in the first quarter. He was absolutely everywhere. They're they're in great hands, the Suns, with with Miller and Raoul and Noah Anderson. Yeah. The way that those three go about their business. Now I don't know them behind the scenes, but you don't you're not that effective on the field unless you do the right things from Monday to Friday. And you know, Raoul. His ability to be brave and courageous and set the tone in that in that regard, and he got it in the face of Max Gorn at one stage last night, and and, and they just they just sort of showed that they you know they are they are they outgunned and Melbourne were pretty much always going to win that game, but they never conceded, and with a little more firepower up front, Ben King, yeah, Missy more year. Uh, Isaac Rankin also was a late mm. withdrawal. With a little bit more firepower, they could have really taken it up to the Ds last night. Now, you can argue the Ds might have been in third or fourth gear, but um, they just, yeah, Tuke Miller, Raoul, Anderson, they've got the real nucleus there. David Swallow's still there, who's setting the standards, and I believe Brandon Alice has been a really good recruit from a, a training and expectations okay. and standards point of view, and that's the thing that's been questioned about the Suns for a long time. So they've got a group of guys who are, are willing workers, and you see the results, or you see them able to stay in games for a bit longer and see them go to go to uh, Perth last week and win, they wouldn't have been able to do that. No matter what no. sort of team West Coast put out there, they wouldn't have been able to do that two, three, four years ago.
0: No, you're right. Well, we're going to delve into all of these games in a little more detail over the next two hours on Sunday Crunch Time. But before we head to our first break, your early impressions. Have you got a, an early call or something that you've seen from the first two, well, one and a half rounds of footy, <laughs> basically, which is, you know, it's a bit early to go mm. with the early call, but I, I like, you know, well,
1: these I'm, i I feel like I'm riding or dying with the pies Ooh. because I, 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 see enough now. Their opponents, you could argue, aren't going to be the greatest uh, teams this year St Kilda, who we're not sure where they're at, and the Crows, who have got real concerns, but it's the game style, it's, they're built from the back. Forward. So their back line, I really, really like yep. their back line. They got Jordan Ruffhead to come in and take those big bruising full forwards. But you know, Moore is a dasher. Crisp, Maynard, Pendlebury, they've got real dashing types. John Noble back yep. there, or they've got a really dashing and rebounding and Jeremy Howe's um, inclusion back into that side. I think we That's overlook. A huge we it? understand yeah, he's, he takes big speckies, but he's, he's intercept marking, he's positioning, he's very vocal and he's a great kick. And they've got a, you know, they've got four or five really creative kicks coming out of the back half, and those guys are, com- are just so valuable. My marker for them, I think they're a mid or so short, okay. but my marker for them is if my Majacek, and Elliott can combine for a hundred plus goals, I think they can finish in the top six.
0: Top six. Mm. I
1: really, really like what I've seen from Collingwood thus far, and um, I've I've liked them. I, even when they were struggling last year, the talent's been there. They've had guys in and out of the side, and you know, in the end, they they have a change of coach, and that can sometimes bring about an immediate, you know, spike. And they're my guys.
0: Wow. Yeah, I guess that rejuvenation factor with a new coach coming in just has a different look at things, um, might speak to players in a different mm. way as well and get them thinking about different parts of their game. And I mean, you can't go past the fact that they still have Jordan DeGoey, who isn't yet to really hit his straps. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can get up and running and to the level that we think that he can get to, and play consistent footy at that level, then no doubt Collingwood will be a threat. I, I, I certainly know lots of Pies fans who are shouting the praises of what yes, they've been able to do yes. so far.
1: Well, they're 2-0, and o and that's all you can be. You can only beat who's put in front of you, and have dispatched of uh, the Saints and the Crows, so can't ask for much more.
0: No, you can't. All right, well, you're listening to Crunch Time for Red Energy, moving house call Local Energy Retailer, Red Energy and Regional Development Victoria. On the other side of the break, we're going to break down the game between Hawthorne and Port Adelaide last night at Adelaide Oval.
1: You're listening to Crunch Time, brought to you by the Isuzu D-Max.
0: Born to live. You're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops, and we'll be taking calls all weekend on the Kogan open line. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with a big 20 gig of data. Nat Edwards and Josh Jenkins with you on this Sunday morning. Liam Pickering to join us from 12 o'clock as we count down to the game at Marvel Stadium between North Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles. But right now we're going to recap what happened Happened at Adelaide Oval last night. Port Adelaide 7-14-56 going down to Hawthorne 19-6-120. The Hawks 64 point winners. They are 2-0 oh to start season 2020 under new coach Sam Mitchell. It was an undermanned Port Adelaide side. They were missing the likes of Alira Lear, Robbie Gray, Charlie Dixon, Trent McKenzie was clearly sore. Tom Cleary also missing. But JJ this game was just an absolute boil over. I mean I still stunned here sit Sunday morning that the Hawthorne Football Club actually won this game.
1: Well they they didn't win. They absolutely <laughs> blew Port off the park. It was um, it was just one of those games for the Hawks where everything went right. The 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 ball use the the skill level The shots on goal, was it 13 straight set shots? 13
0: straight set shots. And it was also, so that scoreline of 19, 6, 120 is the highest score the Hawks have kicked since round 16, 2018 against the Bulldogs.
1: Wow, unbelievable. And uh, the Port fans may have seen it coming because there was only 30,000 in the house at Adelaide Oval last night, and a few of those would have left. You could have been excused for leaving early into the third quarter because Hawthorne every time Port even just gave a little tiny yelp was it was the uh it was the Hawks guns who stood up and said not tonight tonight is our night and um the the inclusion we are speaking about him in the ad break the inclusion of Jack Gunston back into that side he just understands how to play the game as a forward he's He's not blessed with, with great size or strength. Um, and he's not super quick, but he understands the craft of the game. He understands how to play as a forward. He, he got himself isolated on numerous occasions last night. And he wasn't bigger than – he's not bigger than Trent McKenzie. He's not bigger than than the, the power defenders that he beat, but he's just smarter. He understands the drop zone. He understands how to kick goals. And he just took his chances last night. And one guy who took his chances was Mitch Lewis. And, oh. I mean, that's – He's and you'd know this better than I. That's that's far and away the best performance we've ever seen from
0: him. Yeah, ever. certainly five career. It's a career best five goals from Mitch Lewis. I mean, I remember when he was drafted um, all the way back in 2016 at pick 76, and Hawthorne thought this guy could be something. He's you know needs a lot of work. This is his sixth season. We've been waiting a long time to see something from Mitch Lewis. There's been glimpses over the last couple of seasons, but so far in two games this year, he looks like a proper key forward. He's put on some extra kilos, mm. some extra size. He feels, and he said after the game, he feels much more confident in his own body. Yep. And what he's doing, he's able to crash packs, bring the ball to ground, but also clunk some marks. And he, and he missed a couple last year. Uh, sorry, last night. He, he could have taken a couple more, but... I mean just his presence up there and now mm. I th- I feel like he's got the confidence to kind of own that space which he never had before.
1: And he's he, he still he hasn't lost his so he's he's put on some size and he feels stronger, but he hasn't lost the athleticism. No. He's still able to jump up, up at the footy and particularly when you're playing on, on defenders who are a little bit smaller, giving away some size and he's got good size, Lewis. And also defenders that wanna you know, they want to stand in front or they wanna you know, sit off so they can help and spoil if you've got size and you can jump up at the footy, you get great looks at it. So it's great that he's been able to keep and maintain that athletic prowess that he's got. And he take a lot of confidence as well, playing with Gunston and Bruce. They're telling him where to go. Yep. They're filling him with confidence. You know, he's kicked one or two early. You're saying to the kid, you know, don't defer to us. You, you're the hot player. You're, you're on target. We'll do our bit. We'll kick our two or three each as well. But... You go and stand inside fifty, you go and isolate yourself. You've got these guys on mm. toast just filling him filling his cup up with confidence and you know, hopefully that can be the catalyst for him to really charge forward and we don't expect him to kick five every week. We don't expect him to kick three every week, but if he can be a real focal point, if he can have, you know, two games a month where he bobs up and, and kicks three plus, that'll be a great result for the Hawks. And it doesn't take much, you know, all of a sudden you sort of think, Oh, you know, how are Hawthorne going to kick goals? How are they gonna sort of challenge teams, if Lewis can be a focal point and then we know what Bruce and Gunston can do, all of a sudden they've got three really quality avenues to go.
0: And Dillamore's the other one at the feet of uh, someone like uh, Mitch Lewis. He kicked two goals last night, but a couple of years ago, probably was on the verge of being delisted. He was handed a one-year contract extension at the end of 2020 after playing just the three games. And then last year comes in, plays 20 games of football, kicks 27 goals. And then even this year, it looks like he's continued on with um, that confidence that he built last year as well. And he's becoming a really important part of that forward line Yeah, too.
1: absolutely. It's 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 a good group and we can get a little bit carried away we based can. on. It's two games. Such <laughs> a such a, and even the performance last night it it, it it they just blew them away and I think Port was shell shocked and just couldn't understand what was happening and why it was happening and you can have those games where you just you like okay, we just we just need to get ourselves to quarter time or to half time and we'll just sort of reassess and we'll compose ourselves and you come out after halftime and Hawks, the Hawks kick two and think, hang on, this is just not happening. Then all of a sudden the game's over and some of the Port players would have sort of been driving home last night thinking, did that actually really mm. happen? And there was at no stage could we feel comfortable or, you know, have the ability to, to retake some control of the game. So you have, you know, on both sides of the spectrum, you have those games and they are rare where, where from the Hawks' perspective, absolutely everything goes right you kick accurately, you know, your, your ball use is great, you, you're forced on your left foot and it just happens to hit a target and you also have those nights where you're a Port Adelaide player and, and coach and I'm keen to talk about the Port Adelaide coach in a moment where absolutely nothing goes right. Everyone has uh, an average or below average game. The crowd's offside and and it just it's just ugly and sometimes... I don't think they will, but sometimes you need to just completely wipe those games.
0: We will get on to Port Adelaide in just a moment, but I will be the first to say I had Hawthorne and I'm not I wouldn't be alone as wooden spooners mm. for wooden season twenty twenty two. Yeah. A bit them of a winning. reverse psychology, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> yeah, <from> maybe, you. <laughs> maybe a reverse jinx. Um they were my wooden spooners for twenty twenty two. we just totally underestimated them or I mean they won seven games last mm. year. It's early days, but the signs certainly don't suggest they are a, a bottom wooden spoon side.
1: No, definitely not. There's a couple of teams that we've seen already that that would definitely probably fit the bill. One that you know, one or two that might be might be playing here this afternoon. Oh, yeah. they, they they look really good, and and um, you know, there's a lot of young talent in that team that I don't think a lot of us have paid much or enough attention to. So there's guys in that team who, you know, we're just speaking about Dylan Moore, who was almost off the list and, and played a really good game of footy last night, 17 disposals, 44 pressure acts. And and but it doesn't take much for, for a few role players to actually fulfil those roles that you need. So, you know, we need some wingers who are really good at getting back and helping their defence and then kick-starting the offence. And... You know, we won't know much about them, but they'll fill really important roles, and they'll help the team just have that connectivity and that synergy. and 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 all of a sudden, it won't be hard for the defenders to get the ball out and get it into the forward fifty. It won't feel like a four hundred metre gap between the D fifty and the forward fifty because you you know you you get a nice disposal or a nice exit from D fifty, and that's all it takes one nice kick out of D50, and that's why I'm high on the pies, then, you know, your forwards start to feel confident Mm. and they're moving and they're not reactive to what's happening. So, yeah, I mean, the Hawks will will, will face sterner challenges and, you know, Port A supposedly a good side, but we don't know yet. They're going to face some tougher challenges, and as we go, those young players are, are going to tire, and they'll get injuries at different stages. Chad Wingard uh, has a hamstring complaint. Yes. What's the seriousness? Or We're
0: not sure at this stage. I think it was more given his issues yeah. with soft tissue injuries in the you know in the past that it was more precaution to just to take him off straight away. His knee kind of. Yeah, he got wrenched in this tackle, and I think something mm. sort of tweaked there. So we didn't see him after halftime. And they've still got Jarman Impey to to come back in the side. Will Day's the big one. I yes. think he plays again for Box Hill today. So a couple of runs in the VFL, and he's a really key um, cog to the Hawks' future moving forward.
1: Yeah, and Kyle Hardigan will come back in soon-ish as well. And he'll he's, not a, he's certainly by no means a... A a household name in terms of um, what he'll bring to the Hawks, but he'll go and take the big defence, the big. You know, key forwards. He'll yep. go and take your Hawkins and your Charlie Dixon and your Nick Larkin, and your Josh Kennedy. He'll go and play on those big guys and, and do a good job more times than night. And he'll allow Frost and those guys yep. and CJ and Day to be able to intercept and play their role. So just another role player that can come in and do exactly that.
0: Yeah, Sam Frost was brilliant last night. Well, confidence is certainly growing amongst the Hawthorne group. This was the new coach, Sam Mitchell, after the game.
1: Yeah, I think the belief in our group is slowly growing. You know, we played... Um, you know, A lot of players haven't played in night games before or you know, a, couple of, a couple of young fellas kicked their first goal, uh, haven't even been to this stadium. So um, when we go into a game without all those things against a side who, you know, they were a bit banged up. They had some sore boys from their performance last week. Um, but from our perspective, the, the belief um, that our players start to get, um, you know, we know some of the statistical parts of that game are not going to hold up in a sustainable manner, um, but certainly we know that our best can match up with those types of teams now.
0: And the energy they'll get too from some of those young guys in Josh Ward and Connor McDonald who are you know best buddies drafted together to the Hawks Joshua we know lifetime Hawks supporter his grandfather played for for the Hawks as well uh, you know they're just doing some great things in their first two games of AFL footy Connor McDonald in particular I absolutely love on the flip side though for Port Adelaide it was a really disappointing night for the coach Ken Hinckley let's hear what he had to say
3: yeah I 100% agree with you as far as
1: how far away from what we expected and what we wanted and what we needed it was so far away it's um you know, it's disappointing. Maximum disappointment is, is what you can, can deliver on it. You just can't. Um, you can't anticipate that type of performance on a night like tonight for us. Lots of reasons to be playing well, and we, we didn't certainly deliver it.
0: They really struggled because they won the clearances. They were plus twenty four in the clearances, plus twelve in the inside fifties. You had the likes of Boak and Amon have 39 touches, mm. Ollie Wines 36, but they failed going forward. They couldn't, you know, um, capitalise and convert on their opportunities and then a lot of junk time possessions from those guys. Just
1: ineffective disposals and, you know, I was expecting, you see Boke 39, Butters 29, Amon 39, Wines 36. You expect to see a lot of handballs. Yeah. But it actually wasn't the case. So, whether, you know, sideways kicking and, um, you know, uncontested possession, just possessions that, that clearly did no damage. And you don't even need to watch the game closely to understand that because you just need to look at the scoreboard. You need to look at the fact that, that some of the disposal going inside 50, Port scored... On 12% of their inside 50s, Ooh. a goal on on their inside 50s. So 12% of That's their inside 50s resulted in a goal. That is woeful. Now, there's enough talent there. You don't need if the ball use is really good. It doesn't really matter who's in there. You know, anyone at AFL level knows how to lead and find space. But some of their ball use going inside 50 was woeful. They got smashed in hitouts. They got actually won the inside 50s as you said. Mm. So they had plenty of opportunity, but they just they were just too tame. They had nothing really go their way. Todd Marshall who is quickly coming to a crossroads at his career. Only four disposals in the game. I yep. thought George Yardis showed a fair bit. I really yeah, like he presented him. he well. As a player. Kicked three behind so he had his chances but was unable to, to impact the scoreboard in a positive manner. But had 13 disposals um, and shows a fair bit. Took a few really good marks. Took five marks but um, they do miss Charlie Dixon, but again, they can't rely upon the fact that Charlie's going to come in and, and dominate because he's not that type of player. He's he's a focal point and he creates a contest, and he, you know, he kicks his forty goals a year, but he's not a you know, he's not a, a, a Coleman medalist type forward who's going to who's going to just tear games apart. So yeah, they've got um, they've got some some soul searching and some wound licking to do early in the week. The power because um, they've got a, a showdown Friday night, and it's going to come around quick and. The attention in Adelaide will be scathing and a lot of it will be directed at the coach, Ken Hinckley. But the reality is Ken Hinckley uh, wasn't the one converting on 12% of their inside 50s. Yes, they put a plan in place that wasn't executed anywhere near that what they would have liked. But some of their better players need to find a way to be more effective.
0: I want to talk to you about Ken Hinckley. And I'm going to preface this with saying it is round two. So it <laughs> is early. But Ken Hinckley has been at the helm of the Port Adelaide Football Club for 10 season i think this is his 10th season last two seasons they've gone out in the preliminary final last year that was horrible it was a horror show against the bulldogs they've struggled to beat sides above them on the ladder in the last 12 months i mean realistically progress is probably a grand final Mm. for them are there alarm bells ringing and is the pressure on ken hinckley
1: it's In a strange way, it's always been on Ken Hinckley and lived over there for a long time. And and he was the coach for, for I believe, I think almost the whole time I was over there. And he's never fully been accepted by the the power fans. and, And the thing about Adelaide is you go for a coffee and Crows and Port people will stop you and want to talk about footy and... Some, some Port fans at the local cafe I used to go to all the time and everything it was always Ken's fold and, and Ken hasn't done this and Ken hasn't done that and Ken's picked the wrong players even when they were performing well. So you know, if things go awry for them as we move forward. It, the pressure is going to be large and um, I think it's a great sign or an insight as to how Port are going. Whenever Koshy's shown on the TV forty times, oh yeah, you know things aren't going well. <laughs> and um, he's been a great supporter of Ken Hinckley. Yep. He, he has really backed him, but he has also made some big calls and said, you know, uh, finals or bust, and, and grand finals or bust. And, and they do really because they've had some free kicks. You know, they pl- played home finals last year with large crowds when teams were travelling, and yep. we remember the Bulldogs. Played a prelim over there and they were locked in their rooms and then they were allowed out and then they weren't. So they've had some free kicks and they haven't been able to capitalise. So, yeah, as I said, it wouldn't be a, um, a nice place to be if you're a Port or a Crows player, for that matter, over in Adelaide because uh, the combined teams are zipping four.
0: Yeah, no, certainly will be a lot of talk about that. Do you think it is grand final or bust for Port Adelaide this year?
1: Well, I mean, the the goalposts are quickly shifting for yeah. them at, at O and two with a showdown, which has proven. Now they'll go into that showdown red hot favourites, yeah. but showdowns have proven across the course of time that it doesn't really matter who's where on the ladder and who's supposed to win and who's the better team and who's seen as the the poorer team. It's it's all thrown out of out of um, out of sync when it's a showdown. So it, you know, if heaven forbid they were to lose that showdown to the O and two Crows. Oof, that would be uh, that would that would be unpleasant.
0: Yeah, it certainly would. All right, plenty more to unpack on Sunday. Crunch time. We'll be back right after this.
1: A sports news update for Roll. Eat good with Roll. It's fast, fresh Vietnamese.
0: I'm Anna Pavle with your sports update for Rold. The fan that caught the football after Lance Franklin kicked his 1,000th AFL goal has vowed to return it to the Swans. Sydney on Saturday launched a campaign to find the ball Franklin used to kick the goal but sparked wild scenes against Geelong at the SCG. Matt King came forward posting on his social media saying he would return the ball. The Swans have invited him to training to present the ball back to the 1,000 goal hero on Tuesday. Yet thousands of fans storming the SCG may not be the most chaotic thing we see at the footy this weekend. There was mass confusion at the MCG yesterday as Collingwood took on Adelaide when the fire alarm went off early in the second quarter. As the sirens blared, patrons were told to exit the stadium while play stopped and teams headed to the middle of the ground. Just one minute later, it was announced that it was a false alarm and play resumed. A sports news update for Roll. Fast, fresh Vietnamese. You're listening to
1: Crunch Time, brought to you by Isuzu. Go your own way with the 3-liter Isuzu D-Max and extraordinary 7-seat MUX.
0: your company on sunday crunch time matt edwards and josh jenkins who is here for buy my stock got sxs stock visit buymystock.com.au liam pickering to join us shortly we are at marvel stadium the roof is closed here for what i can only uh, imagine is going to be a very, very interesting contest between North Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles, the West Coast Eagles who have been absolutely savaged with these health and safety protocols, forced to make 13 changes. We will chat about them after midday. But for now, we're going to talk about Collingwood and Adelaide at the MCG yesterday. It was the Pies, 15-10, 100, defeating the Crows, 8-10, 58. Collingwood, 42 point winners. They've got a perfect record, the perfect start for Craig McRae and the Crows on the flip side are 0-2 to start 2022. It was that seven goal third term which really put the Pies on top in this clash and there was even a little bit of uh, drama with a fire at the (laughs) MCG yesterday.
1: The the, the spectators weren't Weren't too worried because no one really flocked to the exits, did they? And no one really knew what to do.
0: I mean, you want to be calm in that situation, but maybe some people were a little too calm. Mm. I have heard different anecdotes across the morning of some emergency exits not being quite open uh, right. to allow That's people to get through. But uh, luckily, all uh, ended well. The teams were huddled in the middle of the ground, which was um, bizarre as we um, just give you a little bit of insight <laughs> to what's happening here. This is quite incredible. We're at Marvel Stadium under the roof, and the West Coast Eagles are out on the ground at the moment. And no joke, there it's like they're doing a little bit of a meet and greet for the four top-up players who have come into this side for this clash against uh, the Ruse, there uh, an applause, I guess, Looks going like, on. I think at the it's moment.
1: Nathan Vardy who might be um, introducing. I reckon that is Big Nath. Uh, yep, introducing. So there's four Jumper presentations, four top ups, and one yep. debutante because there's five five yep. players standing there. They all look. As nervous as anything,
0: mainly because I don't
1: know anyone that they're... they're, they're
0: And no one knows who they are. Stefan Giro, Angus Dewar, Braden Ainsworth and Aaron Black are the four top-up players that are here today. And what a bizarre situation to get a call-up to play an AFL game and you've got to fly down to Melbourne. You're getting your jumper presented to you. on Marvel Stadium about oh, two hours before the game actually starts. It's um, – I wonder what's going through their heads right now. Oh, You'd I, be freaking out, wouldn't you?
1: you I, I'm, I'm, I'd be intrigued to, uh, as Adam Simpson hands over the first of five new jumpers. Got a to, 22
0: uh, there. We've, got to, we've uh, got to learn these jumper numbers oh, now. Oh,
1: incredible. There's a 34. 34. It's, um, it's, it's unbelievable. And I heard – um, we spoke to Craig O'Donoghue on Friday on the run home, who's over in Perth, and he sort of said, well, he spoke about the fact that Adam Simpson hadn't met a few of these players. Incredible. And, and, and imagine on the plane over here. They only flew yesterday. They normally fly two days prior. Yeah, they had to delay. They had to put it back because they didn't know who they had available because a lot of their top-ups have also got COVID. <laughs> oh, my So uh, he would have spent, Adam Simpson would have spent the most part on the plane, that four-hour plane ride, actually getting to know some of his players and and what sort of things they like to do, what their background is, who they are, where they come from. So, incredible situation. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've jumped off topic for a we moment. Have. But we have, we have. you just do not see that.
0: No, this is an absolutely bizarre thing. I mean, we saw the number 22 handed out. I'm not sure who it was handed out to. We're getting photos right now. But that's actually a Winders number. So, they're recycling numbers. They don't <laughs> even have, you know, 51 or 52 yeah. like, to hand out. They've had to say, oh, sorry, you've got COVID. COVID. I'm going to take your jumper and hand it to someone else. I hope they get it
1: Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. There's family all over the place who who clearly uh, would be That's extremely excited for, for these guys to, to make their debut. They're not even thinking about preparing for their waffle season with their local club you know, 10, 12, 15 days ago, and now they're playing an AFL game at 110 at Marvel <laughs> Stadium in round two. It, it is quite incredible. And the Eagles are probably, and Freo, are going to have to deal with this For the foreseeable future. So, um, yeah, not sure what's being said or who's even saying it at the moment. I don't think that's Adam Simpson. but I feel like
0: it's an orientation day here at Marvel Stadium for West Coast. Unbelievable. We will talk more about this game in more detail after midday when Liam Pickering joins us. But let's get back to Collingwood and Adelaide. And you mentioned at the top of the show, and for those who weren't listening, you feel like... Collingwood can actually make the top six here. Just yeah. talk us through all of that in a bit more detail.
1: I, I just like I, I like what they've built from the back forward. And I like their 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 back grouping. So I, I've got a lot of respect. I love the way Jack Crisp goes about it. I spoke about how important Jeremy Howe is to that group. I think we sort of think a lot about how great a, a mark he is, but he's a brilliant kick as well. I like what. Uh, David Noble's son John Noble brings to that back half. He's a he's a dasher. Quaynor's that sort of lockdown and dashing type. pendlebury has gone back there to provide a little bit of stability and, and and added ball use and composure as well. He had 28 disposals and Darcy Moore. We know how good he is. And Jordan Ruffhead will come back into the team as well, and he'll take those big bruising full backs. Uh, sorry, full forwards. So I just really like what they've what they've built from their back half. Grundy. Uh, will need to get back to the All-Australian level of sort of 2018 when he was one of the best, if not the best, ruck in the game. So um, I really, really like what they've done. They've found one in Lipinski. They've given him an opportunity. He's rewarded them 24 disposals again yesterday. Yeah. Nathan Kruger gets an opportunity. Injures his shoulder. Uh, a guy I um, know really well from down there at Geelong kicks a couple. So just feel like they've, they've, they're have they starting to figure it out a little bit with their personnel. They've got a game style that, they're, yeah. that they... That certainly looks um, exciting and so certainly resembles watch. a little bit of uh, Richmond of 2018 and 2019 but um, I really, yeah, I just really think I really think that they've built something that's sustainable in the terms of the way they play, they've got some personnel that have always had the talent but also we're not sure about a few, we're talking about Port, whether they're going to you know, fall or what's going to happen there so there's an opportunity for a team or two to jump up the ladder and maybe the pies are it.
0: And those young kids too coming through. Ollie Henry, I really liked you know, watching him in his under-18 year, but two goals yesterday. Bo McCreary is the other one. Two goals there. Jack Ginovan, I mean, and then you've got Nick Dacos, of course, and Josh. Loving what that group of youngsters, that young brigade that is coming through the ranks, they're actually producing out there and they're going to rejuvenate those older, more experienced guys like a Scott Pendlebury and what a luxury to have him play at half-back, isn't it? 28 disposals and six rebound 50s. I, I really like that move to put him there.
1: Indeed. I'm glad uh, Ginovan played well after, <laughs> off the back of some <laughs> uh, some heat from our man Kane Corns. He responded nicely with 21 disposals. He was, he was really good. He had three score assists as well. Um, and you spoke about the Dacos brothers just racking up the footy, 25-plus, both of those two. So you're right, there's some young talent there and um, their forward line's a little bit of a query. They, Darcy Cameron started as a sub yesterday. Yeah, that which was, was
0: really bizarre, wasn't really it? Really
1: interesting. So I heard Craig McRae explain that in the post-match where they sort of thought, well, we had a game in the pre-season where Kruger actually ironically went down as he did yesterday and they were sort of a little bit shorthanded, literally. So they thought, well, we'll play Cameron as a sub. I think they need to sort out what they're doing there with Cameron and Cox. Yeah. Mason Cox missed with an ankle. I believe he'll be right for this week. They need to work out what's going on there. But I think they can afford to just pick whichever guy's in better form. And Now, neither of them are <laughs> going to really you know jump up and kick you know, 35, 40 goals. But whichever's in form, play that guy and, and hopefully, Duguay, my checks a willing worker, and they get some goals from Elliot as well.
0: So while we talk about the Crows, uh, sorry, the Pies and the exciting game style that we're seeing under Craig McRae, on the flip side, though, with the Adelaide Crows, I mean that short chip mark game. We heard Brenton Sanderson say on the broadcast yesterday was very critical of that game style, and even Jared said that it was counterintuitive and laborious and sort of out of touch of the way that the game is being played in 2022. Does does Matty Nick's, I guess, stay the course with the style and the game plan that he obviously wants to implement or does he need to actually change things now? Oh, Saying that, it's round two. Yeah,
1: No, you have to stick with it um, because they showed signs last year of, yeah. of some talent and they are a talented t- – they've got talent in there but they've also got a very one-paced and same-same midfield. You know, Keys has had 37 disposals but – He's probably he's definitely not a great ball user. He's a he's a great worker and he's setting the tone for them at the moment, but he's not necessarily a guy you want kicking the ball twenty-one times. Um, Roy Sloan's struggling and, and finished the game subbed out with a sore groin. Uh, Matt Crouch is a is a handballer and not necessarily a meters gain guy. Roy Led's not in the team, but he's the same. He's a he's an accumulator, not a not a, uh, a meters gain guy. They they rely heavily upon Dawson, the new recruit, and Brody Smith, who both played incredibly well yesterday. Dawson had 28 disposals, kicked a goal. Brody Smith had 30 and kicked a goal, and they were still they were still lifeless in terms of in terms of what they did with the ball in hand. They got nothing from their young forwards. Fogarty looks all at sea at the moment. He just can't get he can't find the footy. Um, and normally, when he is able to find the footy, he's a good shot at goal. He missed a couple of opportunities yesterday, so he's basically ten reliant. touches, no goals.
0: He's
1: reliant on. Two or three shots on goal, and it's just not happening for him, and the same with Himmelberg.
0: All right, plenty more still to come on Sunday Crunch Time. Stick with us.
1: Welcome to Crunch Time, brought to you by iSuzu. Go your own way with the three litre
0: iSuzu D Max and extraordinary seven seat MUX. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. It's great to have your company. Welcome to you if you are joining us for the first time on this Sunday. We've already had a jam packed hour of Crunch Time. Nat Edwards and Josh Jenkins with you, as well as Liam Pickering, who's decided to make his way into the radio box here at Marvel Stadium. Welcome to you, Pickers.
2: Hello, Nat, and hello to you, JJ, and all our listening audience. It's uh, good to be here uh, having a look at these sexy scoreboards. They're not doing a lot for me, i my side. I mean, it's just, it just looks like a scoreboard. But anyway, it's going to be an interesting game today with North Melbourne up against you know, a waffle team, really, with oh, the amount of players at the West Coast. This is the business. most
0: bizarre thing we were saying. If you're just tuning in, they've had pretty much an orientation day out here on Marvel Stadium for the West Coast Eagles. There was a jumper presentation for those four top-up players who were just getting recycled jumper numbers, if you don't mind. Mind. It's a bizarre situation where they haven't met each other before. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be very curious to see what unfolds here today. Well, you'd think
2: that they'd come out in, in the first half, at least, and you'd think they'd be really competitive. I, I think they will be because, I mean, what have they got to lose? I mean, no one's expecting them to win the game. So I think they'll be competitive early, which they were against the Gold Coast and then... Obviously fell away late, so in the first round, so it'll be pretty similar today.
0: All right, well as we preview the North Melbourne West Coast clash, we're counting down about an hour and nine minutes to go until that game kicks off. We've now got Anthony Rock, a North Melbourne development coach on the line to speak to us. Welcome to Crunch Time.
3: Thanks, Nat. How are you?
0: I'm going well. How are you? And how do you prepare for a game like this? Because as we were just saying, it's such a bizarre situation with these top-up players and you know, West Coast making 13 forced changes. It's a hard one to plan for from your perspective, I'd imagine.
3: Oh, Look, it's, um, you know, we did a lot of planning and I do a little bit of midfield work with Geordie Russell and we did a lot of planning around Nick Nat and um, that goes out the door yesterday. But Look, you know, coming off last week against Hawthorne, we had opportunities to win that game. And there was some, you know, some things out of that game that re- we really wanted to work on. So, you know, I know they've got players in that we really don't know. But today's all about us, um, yep. particularly in regards to the way that we want to play and, and for today and for going forward throughout the future.
0: So talk us through, I mean, that disappointment against Hawthorne last week, but what is the way that you would like to play and what is it that you want to see from the players out there today?
3: Yeah, in that second quarter, we were 21 points up and playing some really good footy. Um, and then the Hawks, you know, put the arm wrestle onto us and we just didn't keep up with that arm wrestle. And there was a couple of turnovers and and the way we moved the ball and the way that we want to th- defend through that patch that you know, we've gone to work on throughout the week. Um, and, that, and the players are aware of that, and that's a scenario for us to uh, improve on today.
1: Anthony, Jared Pollack gets an opportunity back in the side. There's been a lot spoken about, you know, his situation and where he's at and where he's been. What sort of a role will you expect from him? What sort of things will you want to see from him for him to actually play and perform his role to your expectation?
3: Yeah, Jared's buying this year throughout pre-season, um... Uh, has been fantastic. Um, he's really put in a solid pre-season. It was unfortunate for him to um, get injured late a couple of weeks ago, which forced him out of the side. But this week he comes in uh, to play the wing role. He's probably our best winger in regards to his, his cleverness, his smarts and his ability to get back and forward and impact the scoreboard as well. So we're really looking for his leadership out there and um, the ability to help defensively and offensively.
2: Pebbles, the, uh, the rucking situation is really interesting. Last week, it was Coleman Jones that, that seemed to get first nod in, in the centre bounce and a bit of Goldstein, and then Goldie went forward and looked pretty dangerous, etc. Coleman Jones out of the team today. I mean, do we expect to see Goldie a bit more forward, or is he going to play a bit more on the ball today?
3: Well, Big X started in the ruck last week, so um, he, had a, he had a huge impact against Reeves, and then Goldie got, uh, got in there, and CJ was predominantly, predominantly forward for the most of the day, wouldn't you? Look, we went, we went into that game trying to play three tools, and if we would have connected with our ball movement a bit more and, and found him, we wouldn't be talking about the three, three tools, will we? But, uh, look, it didn't work, and we've gone a little bit smaller this week, and um, hopefully those rucks will impact um, and help our mids today in getting that ball forward.
2: Yeah, and what about, what about in defence? You lost Ben McKay early in the game, and you, yeah. you looked very, very short in defence last yeah. week. What have you done this week? You brought Josh Walker back, I see.
3: Yeah, walks is back from his uh, COVID rest. Um, it's unfortunately that Benny McKay's gone out. He's been he's been great throughout the whole week. You wouldn't even tell that he uh, got concussion. But unfortunately, he's got to miss um, you know the due time. But uh, walks comes back, which will shore up, and um, I'm sure he'll he'll probably get the job on Darling and uh, trying to uh, curtail his influence.
1: Can you can you take us in the? No within reason, the conversation with, with Coleman-Jones? Because I'm sure there was not a promise, but there was a, um, a discussion about, you know, you haven't been able to get opportunities at Richmond. There'll be far more opportunities here with us. Plays in round one, things don't go his way, but wasn't entirely his fault, as you said, the connection and the team didn't play that well, and then he finds himself out of the side in round two. Was there a sort of a longish conversation that needed to go on there? Yeah, there was, and there's no doubt about our ball movement that didn't help um,
3: um, him getting the ball forward. In saying that, um, his pre-season has been interrupted. He got, COVID, he got COVID once and then a couple of weeks after that it was interrupted again with another illness and then hurt his ankle um, a few weeks out leading into round one and then you know, you, throughout pre-season, if you get those little setbacks, it just sets you back and you don't have that continuity to get into round one, but we thought... We thought that that aerial presence of him down forward would would help us, um, and unfortunately, you know, it just didn't turn out that way last week.
0: Jaden Stevenson's gone out of the side. What is the message to him moving forward, and, and what does he need to do?
3: Go back, um, accumulate possession, um, do all the little things, uh, chase, pressure, tackle that make him uh, make him back into the form of his 218 219 form so uh, he's got that he knows exactly what he needs to do um, it's unfortunate that he can't be out here but we've got to create an environment where every player has got to you know pull their weight to um to play through this team
0: David King was sort of saying that he felt that Jaden was miles off the standard that is acceptable is that a fair assessment do you think
3: uh, you commentators can can assess that <laughs> um, look we we ask as coaches we work on the you know the positive attributes that he can bring, and, and when he does that, he's he's such a a damaging player who can change games.
0: I wanted to ask you about Will Phillips because you know I followed him closely in his draft year. Obviously, the pick three in the 2020 draft. I absolutely love what he has to bring, but obviously has the glandular fever at the moment. How is he tracking?
3: He's tracking well. He's he's back at the club full time as we speak. Okay. Um, it's quite unfortunate that he. Got that glandular fever because you know three weeks. He had three really good weeks of form where he was dominating through his clean touch inside, as playing as a mid in our match sims, um, and it was really unfortunate that he um, he had got that illness. So. We're really pumped and, and positive to what Will can bring to this team when he's um, back into full fitness.
0: So no time frame, I guess, on, on when he can come back. It's sort of a suck it and see situation.
3: Yeah, not as yet as I know. Um, I'm just tipping he just needs to get a, um, a quality of work in for the next uh, probably three to four weeks of, um, of work. So there's no time frame that I know of at this no. stage.
0: No worries. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Crunch Time. Best of luck for the game this afternoon. Thanks, guys. Anthony Rocker there, North Melbourne's development coach as they prepare for a game against the West Coast Eagles, uh, the West Coast Eagles Waffles side, pretty much.
2: Mm, it is, yeah. They're playing Subiaco today. It'll be a really good game. Mm. But it, look, it's uh, it was an interesting question you asked, Nat. You do ask the hard questions about Stevenson <laughs> because Kingy's right on the money. I totally agree with David King. I mean, yeah. I think his effort levels last week were really ordinary. Yeah. Again, In that game that we, comment, we called against Hawthorne. I think that's an area that he needs to get much more consistent in. It seems to be... He picks and chooses a little bit, Jaden Stevenson, mm-hmm. when he actually really wants to commit.
1: Yeah, and, and, you, and that's,
2: it's really obvious when that's the case.
1: Yeah, and you you just can't afford to do that. And the players that do that end up having either short careers or interrupted careers. Or well, they're in
2: and out of the team the whole time, and that's what he'll be unless until he gets that consistency that's and performance. Right. And
1: I guess they need to work out what they what what, what he is as well. I mean, you, you can be versatile and play half forward and wing and deep what forward, he? but I, well that, I think that's the issue. I don't know what he is and he's not
2: I think he's a forward.
1: I don't, but I don't think he's a, I think when he played his best footy for Collingwood, he almost played as a lead out of the goal square type. Yeah.
2: As a junior, he was a wingman and a really nice player. He's a good – he's a really talented player. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't even be wasting our breath on him if we didn't think he was up to the level. He is. He's clearly up to the level. I mean, we've seen it when he was at the Pies, and we know he's got it. And he was pretty good in some games last year for North. But what he needs to do is find a spot and really work. I mean, we're seeing a bloke back today for the first time, I reckon we've seen him at AFL level in over a year, Pollock. Jared Pollock, who was exactly the same, like he just went missing, and his, his effort levels, what you know, wavered yep. and all that sort of stuff from game to game and, and in games, uh, and he found himself not getting a look in last year, so he's gone and done the work now. Can he hold his spot from now? Let's just wait and see. But Stevenson's a talented enough player. They went and got him. They went and did a bit to get him.
0: Rising star. I mean, all that, that yeah, that yeah year that was he's was talented, brilliant.
2: so talented. Yeah, so I think forward it pushes up under the wing. That's sort of half forward wing role for me. And
1: to, to play that role successfully, you've got to have enormous work rate. You've got to be able to get up, help defend, you know, get the outlet kick at sort of 70, 80 metres from your own goal and then work all the way back. We see the good players who play those roles. Brad Close the other night, just... How yeah, well did he play? His GPS just blows up. You know, Tommy Lynch, a guy who I played with, who's at North, who hopefully he's teaching Jade and those sorts of things. You've, those roles, you don't... Get easy possession. You gotta run your yeah. tail off and he
2: can run. He can run. You no just gotta to be willing that. to do it.
0: Well, the first hour of Sunday Crunch Time, um, JJ and I were discussing what we liked from the weekend so far, and we will talk about Buddy Franklin a, a little bit later again, but Pickers, now that you've joined us, what, what have you seen over this weekend that you you really liked?
2: Well, I, I love the way Hawthorne played. I mean, I thought oh, I'm glad you brought that up I knew yeah, you'd like We've that, We've already Dad. talked
0: about the Hawks for 20 minutes, but we can go. Well, with, no, go I, I thought no.
2: Look, oh, <laughs> that was the performance so far of the year, I, I just didn't see coming. Yeah, To be honest, that was a pretty... Like, lacklustre game last week. They did well to win that game against North Melbourne, but it was a, the poorest game of the round. Uh, and they have got their, the points last week. Well done. But to go over in Adelaide and absolutely towel up Port Adelaide like they did, I mean, that's, that's the performance of the weekend. The Swans, well, they're a serious team. They're a serious team, the Sydney Swans. They're a premiership potential team, which I don't think anyone really thought. Everyone pretty much had them in the eight because we just see the development of the way they're going. But Johnny play got them playing unbelievably good football. And when you got a forward line with Heaney and Franklin in it, and a tough inside midfield group, I mean the the job that Callum Mills did on the weekend, oh, <laughs> <unbelievable. It> was <laughs>
0: brilliant, <wasn't
2: it? laughs> was fantastic. I mean, seriously, they they are a, a really good football team. And The Blues, of course, Thursday night that was that was a great game. It was a really good game because the Dogs were a quality team and and they came back hard at them. Yeah, they had their chances in the back end of the game and they kicked a few points, whatever. But can't deserve that win.
0: Oh, very much so. Listening to Talkback Radio on SEN on Friday morning, just Blues fans ringing up. The lid is completely (laughs) off. How far do you think they can go seriously? I know it's only two rounds of footy, but from what I've seen, I'm excited. Oh,
2: so am I. Look, I've got them. I think they'll make the eight now i just have a look at their draw. I reckon they can be 7-1 and one after eight games.
0: Hey, hello.
2: Well, have a look at their draw. Seriously, get, their, get, their, Sunday. get their draw up, Matt, and we'll, <laughs> no, tell me I'm if I'm actually out. being ahead of myself. The only game I thought was dangerous was Port Adelaide after last night's performance. They might be 8-zip.
1: Well, what about they got Carlton Hawthorne next week? Hawthorne and O. Ward, oh, no, yeah, beat, I think about? they'll beat
2: the Hawks. I think they'll beat the Hawks because they've got the tools that can beat Hawthorne. Well,
1: I agree with you. I think, if, um, I think if they weren't wearing the Carlton strip, and that's the that's the hesitancy we've got, Carlton. We've been worried. You've done nothing for twenty years. If they were wearing just a plain white guernsey, and we're judging them on how they're playing, we think th- this team is—they've got top four potential. Because
2: where's they, the area of the ground, JJ, that they at the moment that they look like they're lacking? If I can't they see, lose, it. I can't see this. But outside of Weedering's yes, they're key defender, right? If
1: they lost Whitering, they lose. She's all well, over.
2: if they lose in, then it's a whole different game. But. Um, they need someone to help Wiering.
1: Yeah, well, It can't Marchback, be just him in defence.
2: It March, just can't be just him.
1: Marchback is a guy they've got uh, great raps on. He's he never not plays. genuine key back size. I don't mind Lewis Young.
2: Plowman, I know they've got some faith in.
1: Yeah, they do. Blues fans don't.
2: No, no, but, <laughs> but no, you ask the players and the coaches, yeah, they I do. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. And I think he's he's, he's a system defender. He gets, he gets found out when he plays... The thing is, the reason it gets found out is because they throw him to – he has to play in Dusty. Yeah. He has to play in Danger when he plays for. He has to play in Heaney. Of course you're going to get found but out I, in those situations.
2: But see, I, I, th- I don't think it's their – they're being exposed key backs. I think that they, they will be. If they, if they ever yeah. lost weathering they're in real trouble. Yeah. But I think they're getting exposed at ground level in defence. Like, what the hell was going on in the last 10 minutes with Saad, oh, Newman? Was what was going on there? Do they not know how to ice a game? Like, I mean, they're trying to ping passes from thirty meters yeah, in bad. the it's corridor. It's probably
0: very foreign to them. Isn't well, it <laughs> is,
2: but that's the, that's the mindset of they need to. If they want to be a, a top eight team, a, a real contender, they're not the decisions you make late in games. You just don't open the door for good teams. And yeah. The Bulldogs are a good team. But so back
0: to your call. The Carlton Football Club could be seven and one, right, which is outrageous. The, the, okay, so Hawthorn next week at the MCG, Gold Coast at Metricon,
2: beat Gold Coast.
0: Port Adelaide at the MCG. Like I'd be worried for the now. power. Mm. Fremantle at Optus Stadium. Yeah, then flip of the coin, yeah. North Melbourne in round seven beat them. and round eight. Adelaide.
2: Oh, they'll yeah. be all them.
0: You actually could be on the money here, and I hate saying that.
2: Well, <laughs> because I said it? <laughs> now I, 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 I just love the way that their midfield group... I mean, when you've got Pat, Patrick Cripps playing like he is... Oh, that's... Oh, I mean, he's got six pounds over. Don't oh, worry about that. easy. And that is Patrick Cripps from three years ago. Yeah. I was a little bit critical of him last year and the fact that he... Yeah, he was probably carrying something, but he hadn't been playing that sort of footy. But from the game they played against Melbourne in the Community Series... He has looked the Patrick Cripps that was the MVP four years ago, whenever it was. Yeah. So, now they're genuine in my view. And then you throw – look, you'll throw Chera next week. Yeah. Walsh comes back.
0: Jack Martin too. I mean, I still want to see line. what he can do. Oh, he's,
2: he'll be the X factor when they've got – Curnow, play, if he continues on his – Oh, up, Charlie up, Curnow. Yeah, if he continues that him. way and you've got Harry doing what Harry does. Yeah. The one area that Bulldogs are really vulnerable, Keep. Yeah, tools, always, forwards, have been. And, and they got exposed badly by yeah. Kernow and Mackay. Will Martin ever
1: be more than an X Factor? Do you think he's got the, well, he's got the talent, but will talented. he have the consistency to be a, you know, 15, four or five tackles, one and a half, two goals every week? Will he be able to have that level of consistency? It's up to him.
2: Hmm. You know, he's got all the talent to do that. He's, he's, he's a really, really talented player. I mean, I remember when he went to the Gold when he first turned up at the Gold Coast, Gary Ablett told me he was the best junior he'd ever seen. Mm. After mm. a year earlier, he was telling me Jake Ramirez was the best junior he'd ever seen. So <laughs> probably. Gary probably. Does, float, does float a little bit. But he did say to me, mate, wait until you see this bloke play. And that's Gary Ablett. Mm. Mm. I mean, so look, he's, he, can be a, he can be such a weapon with that forward line set up. If he plays roams across half forward, and he can kick 35 goals this mm. year. And if he does, they're going to be a serious team.
0: Now, last night over at Metricon Stadium, it was the Gold Coast Suns, who went down 10 9 to the Ds 12-10-82. The Suns, though, they actually showed something. Oh, I mean, good. I thought they were very impressive early on in particular. They had 60 inside 50s, though, for 10 goals. I know they're missing Isaac Rankin.
2: They just needed Ben King And obviously King Ben King. That's who they needed. But yeah, they they've ben got King, to they find a way.
0: They've got to find a way this season.
2: Yeah, well, they will find a way to beat mediocre teams. They won't beat... Teams like Melbourne again. Not not Melbourne can have an off night, and they they weren't great Melbourne to be honest. But that was probably the pressure that the Suns were putting on. But overall, I thought it was a it was a good competitive game. But Melbourne always seemed to have the answers.
0: Luke Jackson. I oh. mean JJ, you called that game. How good? Oh. I mean, we already know how good he is. Where is the ceiling for, for this guy? 21 disposals, 2 goals, 17 hit-outs, 7 clearance. I mean, he was everywhere last night. He was take, he was spoiling in defence. He was kicking goals from stoppages. I absolutely love watching Luke Jackson play. But where is the ceiling for this guy? Because the trajectory...
1: Unbelievable. Unbe- he he was um, in a game which was really competitive. It was a game where you thought, oh, you know, things could sort of... You know the the diesel just sort of scrap away, and it was pretty slippery and humid, and the, and the ball was hard to handle at different stages. He he is just he's a bull. He 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 knows he's good. He's physical. He's a supreme athlete. He can just jump up. He wants to tackle people. He wants to. He doesn't. A lot of times you ask rucks to, yeah, compete hard in the air, but just give us some follow up, get involved. He doesn't get involved, he starts it. Yeah. There were times last night he'd jump up all over Jared Witts, who's a really good centre bounce ruckman, up over the top of him. He'd get the first handball receive, he'd get the second one, he'd lay a tackle, he'd kick it inside 50. He was just incredible. And I mean, he's doing this whilst playing, he's probably getting 35 or 40% time in the ruck because Max Scorn is, uh, is the number one ruck in the game. They have. They have the luxury of all luxuries with those two. And he actually is improving as a forward as well. He's craft and he's a aerial capability as a forward. Now, Christian Petrarca said it after the game. They've just got to get him
2: signed up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and quicker, quicker than – sooner than later well, because – If West Coast don't have a massive go at him, I'll be surprised. Oh, well, yeah. they would yeah, have to W.A. boy. Both? I think mean, that's not getting any younger. No. Well, Fremantle have got Darcy at least. Sean Darcy. Yeah. You, you just find a way to get, get him in your side as well. He oh, you is... know. They'll both be interested in him. Don't get me wrong. David Walls <laughs> won't be sitting there twiddling his thumbs. Yeah, sitting twi- think they're going, oh, I think I won't bother because oh, we've we'll be got old oh, <laughs> mate. You know, they'll, they'll be going as we've well. But
0: old mates.
2: But West Coast, West Coast are the ones. I mean, they're the ones that have got to go out and get him because that's an area that they're always desperate to get an extra ruckman. So. He, um, he, I don't, he's worth, I don't he, think
1: he's
0: leaving. Well, he's, he's worth anything.
2: But, but how much can Melbourne afford to pay? Because,
1: you know, premiership winning lists – are often at the upper end of, their, of the salary cap. How much can they afford to pay them with the superstars that they've got? They've, you know, Petrarca
2: and Oliver and those guys well, have signed big deals. They will be on top dollar, but most of the good teams have been able to keep them, haven't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, as you go over the years, like you take a little bit theirs. of
0: a, a sacrifice, wouldn't you? As, as a team, I mean, you hear about the Hawks of that yeah, like, era. You know, they sacrificing didn't have a John salary, did the same, so yeah. Stick together,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do. And I'm sure Richmond players are getting under what they, what they actually really worth back when they were winning all those flags. But oh, he might win a, a couple of flags, and then he's only a kid. That's the thing. He I might mean, win two flags and then say, "Well, now I've,
1: I've done my job for Melbourne. I've won two flags oh, for the Ds. How, they, how now. long did Juddie last at, at West Coast? Six years.
2: Yeah, it was Seven about years? six years. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I think so. And then
2: he came home. Won the premiership. Oh, I think there'll always be a pull to go back.
0: Yeah, I Sorry. mean, if your family's there and you're yeah. close to them, then that makes sense. But I guess it's it depends on the culture that Melbourne have built and the environment that they create and and people wanting to stick together for a group. Now, we're just getting word through here as we count down to the North Melbourne West Coast game at Marvel Stadium. The roof is closed. There is a late change for North Melbourne. Kyron Hayden, who actually came into this game this week, he was an in inclusion, has uh, is now out with illness, replaced by Tom Powell, who was dropped earlier in the... The week the medical subs Aidan Bonner for North Melbourne and Luke Edwards for the West Coast Eagles. Oh, they're
2: the subs Aidan Bonner and Luke Edwards, yeah. Right? They're okay. the subs. Tom Powell. It's interesting. Aidan Bonner, the mm. one thing that we were, they were vulnerable last week was key defence. Yeah. So they and got he's a tour starting as a sub,
0: yeah. Played centre half forward in the VFL last weekend. Yeah,
2: okay, Tom Powell Aiden, Aiden, uh, speaking to a Bonner. few. Didn't he play in the AFL? I'm sure I called him last week. I wasn't there. No, so. I no, so. I'm pretty sure he played in the AFL. I didn't spend too Maybe much the time reflecting before, on that, yeah. guys. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, Tom Powell was uh, speaking to a, a North Melbourne tragic friend of mine, was one that he was filthy,
2: was out of the side. So well, everyone to likes Tom back in. Mm. at North. But the problem is he hasn't been going as well as he was last year. So... A little bit of a wake up call. Anyway, he's back, so he'll probably play well today. So,
0: well, I want to take you through the teams, and let's take you through the Eagles out. Give
2: us the outs, <laughs> please. Tom
0: Barris, Josh Kennedy, Jack Redden, Isaac Wind, uh, Isaiah Winder, Sorry, Zach Langdon, Jake Waterman. Josh Rotham, you've got Hugh Dixon, Nick Natanui, Howe, Jermaine Jones, Edwards, and uh, Andrew Gaff with injury. So the rest are with COVID minor, health and safety protocols. Minor
2: outs, yeah. Just
0: minor outs. And then the ins. Right? The ins.
2: Let's, let's, let's get these household Liam Ryan. Yeah, big tick.
0: Jack Darling back tick. for his first game of 2020 since yep. being vaccinated. Alex Witherden, Luke yeah. Shuey, that's the yeah, big one all, back from a hammy. Liam Duggan. Then tick. you've got Jamison, Williams, Aaron Black, Angus Dew, Stefan Giro and Braden Ainsworth.
2: When I heard that West Coast had signed Aaron Black, I thought, hang on a minute, isn't
0: he the, <laughs> yeah. the, the VFL
2: no. manager of the Cats? And I just Plays do a deal waffle. with him. <laughs> Different Aaron Black. So, not the one that played for the Cats and the Kangas. No. This is Aaron Black who's been running around, won a the a middle. Yes.
0: In uh, the and he's
2: a strong inside An mid, I believe. player. It's and a, yeah, so he gets his opportunity at 30. It's a real replacement, isn't it, today. And I can't wait to see what they do. I agree. I mean, I who hope knows? I find one or two out of this. Well,
0: because you've got the mid-season draft still. So who knows? This could be the perfect audition. That's
2: exactly what it is. And, and you look at Nick, Nick um, Martin last week yes. for Essendon. Ah. Wasn't even on a list. Comes out and has 27 and kicks yep. five against the Cats. And then gets COVID, unfortunately. But there is an opportunity here for someone today to do – I've heard Dermot say it yesterday. It was such a great summary. Their Rocky Balboa moment. They're up against Apollo Creed today, and what have they got to lose? What have they got to lose? Well, nothing. they've got
0: absolutely nothing to lose, and it is a little bit of a danger game then for North Melbourne you because you. everyone oh, it's expects game. the other expects them we got plenty to, win. to lose. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? Everyone expects North Melbourne to win, and the pressure is right on them.
1: Oh, this if they lose, if North lose, it's the number one. Forget about. Paul will be saying thank you very much. We don't have to be talked about. Because oh, not well, sure, maybe not, not sure in South Australia I'm off of, off the front page, my not over in Adelaide anyway. <laughs> north, North, particularly coming off a poor performance last week, where they just didn't. You can lose games of footy; that's fine. We understand they're developing, but they just didn't show a real Any, game style or anything, or anything positive or anything last week under the beautiful sunshine at the MCG. It was a really dour game. So, I mean, they just look. Today is a day where just win. Look at, at the. Yeah, in three or four days' time, just win the game. We'll, yes, we'll talk about if it wasn't
2: pretty.
0: Yeah, it doesn't need to you be know, pretty. We'll
2: talk about it. But just please win the game. Well, they need to win like Melbourne won last night. Yeah. Just scrap out a it. win it against out. a team that's got half a bloke that's playing the waffle, basically. Just do that. Get, a, get four points on the board. Let your supporters go home and get on their WhatsApp groups and get on their Facebook pages and say, well, it wasn't a great game, but we won, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, that's what you want. West Coast on the other hand, I reckon they've got a free a, a free throw at the stumps here. I really do. I reckon they just go out and go, Well, let's just play. Let's just play.
0: I'm really curious to see how Jack Darling goes because obviously he trained away from the club, wasn't allowed to be there until he caught up with his vaccination status, but then had that we came back to training and had that foot injury and, and missed last week and now he's back in. I'm just he's gonna be underdone, isn't he? You reckon, he? Well you reckon now. they'll boo him today? Nah. Surely not. Don't reckon?
2: There won't be enough North fans here to boo him. Yeah, well, that was going There'll be a light, <laughs> why, light, would boo, <laughs> light why would <laughs> you boo a bloke because he wanted to make a choice to not get vaxed? I mean, big deal. Oh, I'm just. He's been vaxxed now. Who cares?
0: Yeah. Why I oh, was in the question. In? I know. I good know, but Why would you boo him, though?
2: Look, I mean, we haven't reduced ourselves to those that donkey level, have we? We're booing I... a person for... Just... Not midway through the second jam, <laughs> All right, you're I listening
0: said. to Sunday Crunch Time. This is a pregame show for Thirsty Camel. Answer the Camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops will be back right after this. You're listening to Crunch Time,
1: brought to you by the iSuzu D Max. Want to Live.
0: Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. We're about 40 minutes away from the first bounce here at Marvel Stadium. North Melbourne up against West Coast. And just repeating the news, if you're joining us for the first time today, there is a late change with the Kangaroos. Kyron Hayden out with illness replaced by Tom Powell. The medical subs today for the Roos, Aidan Bonner, and for West Coast, it is Luke Edwards. Plenty of great storylines going around in round two. Josh Jenkins and Liam Pickering with me, but we have to talk about what happened on Friday night at the SCG. Buddy Franklin's 1,000th goal. The race was on. You could see fans with one leg over the boundary <laughs> line as he took his kick. The security guards never had a chance, Pickets, oh,
2: Comical. They didn't really try that hard, did they? No, they didn't.
0: They probably should have surrounded like been on the ground, kind of behind him from the start.
2: Yeah, well, it was half farcical, really, when you think about it. I mean, oh, what, yeah. the, the way they allowed them to hang around as long as they did, grown men with phones. I mean, give me a spell. I thought mean, it was pathetic, but it was great to see everyone run on. But get on, have your little five seconds. People spraying, you know, spreading ashes, ashes onto the I ground. saw that. You got someone setting up a picnic rug. I mean, yep. grow up, for God's sake! You <laughs> will mad. Yeah, it just You're a bit of a party pooper,
0: aren't you? I'm well, party Come pooper, on. but
2: the, the last quarter went for an hour and that.
0: Yeah, it did. An Look, a 35-minute delay. Well the delays. game was over. Well, they, sh- they should have just abandoned the game, to well, be honest. I thought they were going
1: to. I didn't think that. Did.
2: It wasn't actually fair for the both teams to have to go back out no, there. No, not really. But I mean, he comes off the ground. The first thing he says, all I can taste is, is Carlton Draft. Yes. <laughs> Someone's throwing a beer in his face. I mean, anyway, it was great. It was fantastic. The greatest showman put on a performance, as he would. It's, it meant so much for him the other night. You could just see that with... Had all his family there, yeah. he had all his mates there, it was it was sensational to see, it really was, and what a superstar he has been as a player and he continues to be, and what a showcase game it was, I mean it was fantastic, the Sydney, they turned up as the game grew and grew and grew yeah. as he got closer to his thousandth goal, so no, nah, it was fantastic. Nah, it
0: was a beautiful moment, and... You know, what about the guy that caught the actual ball? He marked the ball in the crowd. Now, the Sydney Swans have found him and he is going to go to training to present the ball back to Buddy Franklin. I want to know though, what are you going to give up for it? Because Tom Brady, in his last game, he gave a Bitcoin to yeah. the guy who gave the Which ball Which was back.
2: worth seventy five grand. It's now worth fifty
0: grand. <laughs> yeah, know, that's down. unfortunate. Hey, it's a free, it's a free Bitcoin. Hey, it could
2: be worse. It could be the <laughs> bloke that played five hundred eighteen thousand for Tom Brady's <laughs> oh, last touchdown yes. ball, and he comes out of retirement a month later. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh. now, you get a refund. I'm not I don't, not sure. Surely,
2: I don't buy these
1: for a second. Nick Del Santo last night tried to tell me that that footy was valued at two hundred thousand dollars.
0: Two hundred thousand dollars.
1: There's no way it's worth two hundred thousand dollars.
2: How do they? How's he how do they that? value that?
0: <laughs> well, <ask> always,
2: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just passing. <laughs> that. How, how, how would he come up with that figure? See, he's heard it from somebody. Yeah, well that's right. There, he knows there's a no way
1: it's worth that. I mean, that's what I'm running with. If I'm, if I'm the man who's got the footy,
2: mm. I want give us fifty.
0: So this is what I would be saying. I'll give you the ball back if you give me the boot that you kicked it with.
2: Yeah. Just, well, just buddy, a
0: fair trade, oh, isn't it? give you a
2: little heads up. Buddy changes his boots every game. Yeah. Every game. So he, he gets, gets a new pair of boots every match. So give him that pair and you put the, pull the other pair yeah, out. Yeah, or you could keep one and else. sell
0: that as, you know, memorabilia mm-hmm. or keep it boxed up yeah. and then just give one away. Well, I mean. I
2: no, not know. Are you, are you guys collectors? Yes. Are you a collector? Are you? I love sports memorabilia. You, what's the best thing you've you've ever been given or you've ever bought?
0: Oh, it is. A Cyril Rioli you jumper love, from the 2015 season. Oh, of anything season. in the whole world, and that's what you picked. And it's been framed and, really? yes, that is my pride and joy, my Cyril Rioli. It was a jumper he actually wore during the 2015 season. Okay, when he what the about, about you, JJ?
2: Uh,
1: I, I've got a signed, framed at Tom Brady jersey. I met Tom Brady in about 2013. So I've got a framed oh, Tom cool. Brady jersey with a photo of he and I. Oh, yeah, that's
2: nice. I'm have not, you got anything? No, well, well, I have. I've got stuff, but I'm not a collector at all. I got given the 2000 – sorry, the 1994 preliminary final ball signed by the umpires, given to me as a 30th birthday present by Alistair Clarkson. Oh. I don't know where it is. It's in a box somewhere.
0: Oh, mate, bring <laughs> yeah. it in. Well, we,
2: it's the game that we won after the siren. to kicked that famous guy after the siren. But, yeah, I don't know where Clarko got it from and now we got the umpires to sign. I've got no idea. But, but again, it's not – I don't collect things. But, I mean, I, I know collectors out there uh, are people that, you know – well, a bit dorky let's be honest if you're collecting stuff so where do you have yours hanging then?
0: Just in the living room
2: Oh you've got it hanging up on the wall
0: Oh yeah, yeah JJ's got things. that
2: you go to JJ's place there's a big photo frame photo of JJ taking a mark <laughs> you go in the hallway <laughs> and there he is kicking a goal and there he is handballing in the next room Well, I remember walking I walked into one of my teammates back in Geelong days walked into Michael Mansfield's place and there's a there's a big thing on the wall of Mick kicking the ball and then <laughs> going to the other room and he's tucking a mark. I see what <laughs> They're you great know, memories. I see what you don't, you don't remember that you played last week, mate. Do you really, really need <laughs> to put it up on the
1: wall. People come in,
2: you need to remind them without having <laughs> to say this. <laughs> it's, like, tell them. it's like people would say, oh, no, I've got it all in my shed, in my, in, my, uh, you know, in my games room. Yeah, And it's just photos of themselves everywhere. Like, well, seriously? <laughs>
0: come on, guys. Do you reckon uh. you'd walk into Buddy Franklin's house and he'd have playing on repeat, I think, afl.com.au <laughs> cut every single one of his thousand yeah, it's goals. Well, it's it's, yeah, it's three and a half hours. I've watched um, No, I only watched We've the watched first five hundred and eighty goals. I don't watch after that. Um but do you reckon he's got that playing on uh repeat in his I, house?
2: Knowing Buddy, I don't think there'd be one, one football so. thing uh, there. The only no. photo I reckon I could there might be a premiership photo from his Hawthorne days with Buddy and ruffy I reckon. Yeah. Uh sorry, with uh, Buddy, Ruffy and Louis. Lewis, yep. That's right. I reckon there might be that might be the only photo with going into his house and looking, I would imagine the rest would be all his feet. He's a
0: humble superstar, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he is. He's not really a footy talker. No, he just stays away from the limelight. and Which is staggering because when he was young, he was he was out and about all the time and all that, but he settled down. and Unbelievable. he has been an unbelievable football story. Really. Well, he's
1: got uh, Gaz Senior in his sights. He'll probably go past yeah, with, no, he'll go past with him health. Now. He'll go past him this year. He needs another Potentially. 31 goals. Oh, yeah, he'll go past him this year. Um, how many games does Gaz Senior
2: play? 254? 248. 248.
1: And what? then uh, Doug Wade on 1,057. So he could jump past a couple sort of before it's all said and done.
2: I'm not sure he'll get past. He's not going to get past Lockett. Jay no. Dunstall at 1254. Or, or Jay's. No, no. no. But what's amazing about that list is Gary Ablett played most of his career as a half forward. Mm. Oh, yeah, and he really went to full. Like Lee Matthews kicked nine hundred goals. Yeah. Mm. He was mainly a rover that yeah, went forward. Uh, crazy, yeah. isn't Gary it? Gary Ablett went to full forward. I think and he was about thirty-two.
0: Will we ever see this again? I know, like oh. there's been so much talk. We'll never see it again. W- Not will unless we?
2: the game changes. If the game goes back to what it was, we might. But. If it if it continues to progress the way it is, and JJ knows this better than anybody as a, as a key forward, yeah. you're not playing one on one anymore. Uh, These blokes nah. back then that you're talking about, they had one opponent. Yeah, yeah. not playing against three, and yeah. they
0: had games where they'd kick like twenty goals in a game. Like <laughs> that doesn't oh, happen
2: back there. Anymore. Those teams had they were high twenty goals.
0: Yeah.
2: that's a bad day. Twenty. The <laughs> yeah, way the game um, was played.
1: It's um yeah. I mean, to say ever, who it's knows? A bit like, cool. the, you know, the game they might bring in crazy rules which which allow forwards to kick plenty. But I mean. What, what you know, 65 wins to Coleman now. Yeah. These guys were kicking 90, 100, 110, 115 yeah. routinely. So you'd think it's unlikely and, and we'll savour it. And imagine how many he may have kicked if he hadn't had to put up with, you know, two, three defenders and, you know, guys flooding back and all those sorts of things. He'd
2: probably, he'd probably be on 1,500. So the last player to kick 100 goals is Buddy in 2008. Mm-hmm. In that same game, Fev ended up on 99. Mm. Yeah. So we had two full forwards then yeah. that both basically kicked 100 goals. In one year. Since then, I'd love to get the, the break-up of what the goal kicker... I think Jack might have kicked 90 year. one year. Yeah. Josh, I reckon we'd be battling to get over 80. Josh Kennedy kicked 80 in about 2016.
0: So you don't reckon we'll see a ton again in a season?
2: Well, yeah, I think we will. Yeah, it'd be nice to. My, my view is we will see it, because we have got so many talented footballers in the country. But we'll only see it if the game allows it us, allows to, see us to see the yeah. forwards playing with a bit more freedom than playing against three def- three defenders, really, because that's what the good ones are doing.
0: So we need to, the coaches to get together and well, be like, come on. And they're the, they're the worst
2: people to ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, they're in they're that to, 2008 the game, fun.
0: Clarko didn't even want Fev to get in. Oh, I get
2: that with Clarko. Hey? <laughs> that's his personality. Me too. <laughs> I get it.
1: I didn't, I didn't mind it, actually. The coaches genuinely, I'm, I think all 18 of them, would
2: prefer to stop a goal than score a goal. And yep. until that mindset changes... I reckon reckon there's one one exception to the rule, and his team's undefeated at the moment. Your mob. Sam Mitchell, I reckon, is all attack.
0: Well, at the moment. I mean, that score last night was the highest score that Hawthorne have kicked since 2018, which is incredible because, Clarko, they were so down under him. They just didn't score.
2: No, they didn't. And, look, I I, I think his mindset is... Look, he'll get opened up. The Hawks are going to get opened up badly the other way at times this year. But I think most people would prefer... Yes, to see the way the Hawks are doing it at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was brilliant to watch last night.
1: Well, Sam Mitchell, Sam Mitchell said it. He said, you know, it's some of the st- the stats from tonight's game are not sustainable. We understand that, but it's the way we're going to try and play. So I think he certainly understands and acknowledges they're not going to. Okay, kick 13 straight from set shots like they did last night, but they're going to have a crack at scoring. And if you're a Hawks fan, that's all you want to see.
0: And that's the thing. You want to get the members on the same journey as you. You want to bring everyone along on the ride. So you've got to play that entertaining yep. footy style, completely understanding that there are going to be times where you're going to get thrashed the what other did way.
2: Do you know what I laughed yesterday? I got a little message during the day that, I think it came from, I don't know who who sent it to me, but I think it was Ben Lyon. Anyway, I get a message to say that Sammy Hargraves called Collingwood's game style last year unwatchable (laughs) during the call yesterday. Well, And the guy who doing the special comments was Collingwood assistant coach Brenton Sanderson. <laughs> in charge of ball movement. <laughs> <laughs> he was in charge of the ball
0: movement. Very <laughs> awkward. Sammy Hargraves has gone with that.
2: Come on, Noham,
0: What are you doing? Oh, they like weren't unwatchable last year, yeah, Collingwood. I reckon St Kilda was worse. You can think no, it, but well, you
2: don't have to say it. And They're both bad. <laughs> they were both horrible to watch. <laughs> Mainly, I, I think St Kilda was better to watch than uh oh. than But than the Pies now...
0: Oh, totally different story, but isn't it? They're we, going
1: really well. We haven't mentioned the Saints are a watch today. Yeah. If they don't offer yeah, much, over you're I there. Right. think they will today. Do you think they will? Yeah, I'm a bit worried. I'm worried. So yeah. Mick Malthouse hasn't missed them in the paper. What did Mick say? <laughs> My old mate Bradley Croucher. Hopefully, luckily, he's he's over in the West. He's not picking up the Herald Sun, but he's called called uh, Brad Crouch a pea shooter. who oh, doesn't shooter. hit targets. Wow. Doesn't defend. Wow. He's had a crack.
0: Okay. And Dan Hanabry is the other concern. I mean, he just can't get his yeah, body right. He injured just... himself at training yesterday. No time frame on a return. It's, it's another soft get, tissue.
2: Doesn't he know where to get injured? Oh, he's been, got a feel, he's got been a, a bust for, for, for them. He was a great player for the Swans, but complete bust for St. Does Kilda. he
0: need to maybe just give it up That's at it? this point? It's, it's a hard one. And I know, hand you back,
1: know. Hand back a few sheets if you do <laughs>
2: Just hang in there. Yeah, well, I don't think he'll be handing any sheets back. See, you had the deal. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it seems the deal. That's that of all the deals that they did in those trading of players, he's been the he's been the bomb of them, hasn't he? Really? Yeah. He's been a bust.
0: Yeah, he certainly has. So St. Kilda and Fremantle going head-to-head at Optus Stadium at 6.20 p.m. Melbourne time later tonight. And then, of course, the other game is Richmond and GWS at the MCG at 3.20. Both of those sides looking for their first win of the season. Of course, we're at Marvel Stadium for North Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles here. Uh, first bounce of the ball, ten so we're not far away. Stick with us here on Sunday Crunch Time. We'll talk a little bit more about that game on the other side of this break our talk back is for kogan mobile make the switch switch to kogan mobile crunch time thanks to thirsty camel bottle shops
2: when the family can't decide
0: want to witness the world's biggest football game head to icanwin.com.au predict australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the fifa world cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals or thanks to mcdonald's mackers together and loving it tnc's apply